Utopia. Updated every three parsecs. Tim's Tesseract. Alright everybody, it's two o'clock. It's time for Tim's Tesseract. Uh, unfortunately, my guest when is you not hear the trippy music, yet. you so know it's listen time. To an old one. We're going to listen to an old one with Warhol Coffee. And it's time for Some Call Me Tim. I have special guest Warhol Kaufman. They said I'm special and they gave me a special bus. You are super special. And this is your second appearance on Some Call Me Tim. Last time we talked about conspiracy theories and uh, the the fake moon landing, which I now, because of you, I started doing research into that. Oh, shit. And I absolutely believe you that it was completely fake. At least the first one. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we've been since. My thing is, how come when I look at the moon, I can't see a flag? Because <laughs> it's really tiny. I want to see it. <laughs> I want to see the flag. Uh, I think that you were right about the belt of uh, electromagnetic. Oh, yeah. The, Rus- the, yeah the, the Russians couldn't figure it out. We, I think we've never, I don't think we've ever sent a human out, wow. of, out of orbit. I think that we've been in, I think they're up there in the space station and they've been fixing satellites and I believe all of that, but I don't think they've ever made it past that Van Allen belt. Did you hear that Elon Musk, like he sent that car out, he sent like a a Tesla car out to orbit, but then something went wrong. So it supposedly is going to crash to earth at some point. And they don't know like where. Like a meteor. Yeah, it's just going to be a meteor car, and it might hit someone or a wow. building. Wow. Hopefully anything. it'll go in the ocean. The ocean's pretty big. But then it might kill a whale. That'd be pretty bad. You know, I don't know what I hope. Maybe it'll hit the White House. Do you have hope? <sighs> okay, can I confess? Like, Please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you, I mean, I guess, you know, the more you, you do the act, the more it becomes you, and you become it a little bit, and, like... There's not really room in my act for things to be going well. That's not part of it. I don't have that sp- comedic space. It's not funny. So what you you think that the only way to create true art is through pain? No, no, no. I just mean like my my act, like let's say theoretically if things were going well, I would have no way to tell you. I'm like, like Joy is like a prisoner locked up in the back of my head. And so like sometimes it, it comes on spontaneously, you know? You used to be a poet who was so joyful I know, running right? around as a, you know, and the light and wonderment in the world and... Shit, shit happens, dude. It was you, I mean, you was a completely different persona. So I think that because... I've known you through two persona that I think you can create and destroy personas at at will. Do you know the poet, the guy Luis Borges, um, or no, Pessoa. Anyways, he was a, he wrote in, he had 21 different people that he was writing as, and he would write letters. He had one of his characters that was him, was him writing criticism about his other poems, yeah. but they, they were all personas. Kim Peele did that too. Oh, they they had a show, a commentary show that they would do on YouTube about their show, <laughs> and it was called Mike and Van Davian, <laughs> and Van Davian's like, Van Davian's like super like hyperactive, and Mike never speaks, and so it's just like Jordan Peele in the back, uh, <laughs> and he'll be wearing like shorts and flashing his balls at the camera and just being like, uh, 
uh, I, I got I got nothing to say about this one. That was that was stupid. And then they just <laughs> criticize the show. They're like, that was dumb. That was stupid. Yeah, it's, there are many personas. I feel like you could you could manipulate your so, personas. So Young Marks, like the hip hop thing, is a completely different space, right? So I don't know. I, spiritual. So like, I had this thing I wanted a little while ago, and I I guess maybe I feel it less, but. I was just like, I want to just become an idea. I don't want to be a person. I just want to be an idea. You want to be an idea. Yeah, I want to stop physically existing. And I just want to exist as as concepts. And I got really excited about that. Exist as... Just only be... Concepts. So... Well, maybe... Maybe you um, should try to publish something maybe like think of it less metaphorically and think so because if you you, the only way that I could understand you existing as ideas would be if someone was if you had a first person narrative that was written and people were reading it then they would be able to consume those ideas and have that be their perception of you I've in the literal sense I do think it's time to publish something something just like uh as myself like when we put the book out before you know it was a collection of a bunch of writing by different people and stuff but like i do uh it's come pretty close hey everybody i'm so excited that we don't have to listen to an old show because we have a new show today with a very special guest everybody welcome to the may 9th 2018 uh, amazing show with the returning guests Juwan Rubin here on Some Call Me Tim <laughs> Every comes. time you do that wow. <laughs> But the terrible thing is I just I never I never remember that uh, I'm supposed to be what I'm supposed to be doing uh, timing wise I am so excited that Juwan Rubin is here today for our show because he if you remember from our last from our last show he is a baptist preacher yeah i've been talking about you actually recently because no one could believe that you were pro bono that you're they were like but i thought and it was the same thing i thought that when you're a pastor you get to live at least for free in the parish yeah pastor i'm not a pastor though pastors are different Pastors are different than preachers? Yeah. So I, what I do is I preach the uh, gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and that's pretty much all I do. I preach. But in a church. I'm at church every Sunday, but I don't preach every Sunday. I preach maybe once or twice a month. Um, okay. And uh, let's see, I'm like, I'm like the youth minister. So I, I'm over like the, the children mostly. And um, I, I minister to people, adults, kids. Right. Uh, I pray over them. Uh, I, I don't conduct any funerals because I'm not ordained yet. Oh. I don't conduct weddings yet until I'm ordained. I mean, I could do it, but I'm, technically I should be ordained. Well, can't you get, you can get ordained on the internet in yeah. any church. I mean, but you specifically want to be in the Baptist church. and. Um, no, actually. No, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, there's, there's one place you can get ordained online and it's um the church of the dude and it's all about um when you preside my friends did it when they presided over the wedding they instead of like lighting the candle or whatever normal weddings do now they they said uh 
A relationship is like a white Russian. <laughs> you're, you're the vodka. You're bringing the kick. You're the Kahlua. You're bringing the flavor. Uh-huh. And what smooths it together is the cream. And like, it's just, it was just, it's like, and they made, so together they made, together they made a white Russian and then they each sipped out of it and they were like, the dude abides. <laughs> it was very, <laughs> very funny. So. Um, yeah, no, I don't. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I know you can get ordained online and stuff like that, but it's, it's just more, I should do it through my, um, my church. Yeah, definitely. Or through uh, the county as well, because you have to go through the county as well. Gotcha. Have a particular license. Um, I'm not hearing anything through this. Uh... Um, you might have to put it into a. Underneath is where the eighth inch goes in. Uh-huh. The top is an adapter, and so sometimes the adapters are funky. So just pull it out and put it underneath where the eighth inch jack is, and it goes into the to the box. No, I think, I think uh, it's just a little loose. Okay. Yeah, but can you hear me through this I, mic? I can hear you. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. You're good, but yeah, you want it. You want to be. You want to have it right in there so everybody can hear you. So. Nice. But you can. But yeah, there you go. Because you can twist it towards your face. So, what did you did you did you come up with a plan today on 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 uh, what specific? Did you want to teach us anything or tell us about uh, anything that you're dealing with right now with either kids or or what maybe what your next sermon's going to be about or stuff like that. Not really, no. I, I came to plug my shows. Oh, sweet. So uh, I have a I have a show on the twenty second uh, at the uh, San Francisco Punchline. Oh, great! Um, so I remember last time you're like, "Well, where's your comedy stuff?" I'm like, "You're right. I should book something." So I booked something at the Punchline. That's great. Um, that should be fun. Uh, find tickets on uh, JuanRubin.com, or you can email me directly or text me directly five one zero five one two four three zero one, and I can get you uh, tickets uh, possibly for free. Uh, I got cool. a couple contacts uh, contests running, um, and then who, who on else the, is on the what? What day is it? What day of the week is the twenty second? This is a Tuesday. Oh, it's a Tuesday. So great. It's an, it's an obscure uh, day. Um, and so, uh, who's on the bill? Um, there's a couple of people on the bill. Uh, Jason Mack is one of them, and then um, a couple other people. I only know him from the internet. Yeah. <laughs> is this is this your production company? You're putting this together? No, no. So I'm uh, working with Jason Mack. So he's actually the headliner. Oh, great! Um, and so I'm opening for him. Cool. So the response, the it's more his responsibility to fill the place rather than yours. Um. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I have about uh, 30 people coming. Ooh, so, that's um, big. Yeah, I don't know how many people he's got going. That's but, exciting. Uh, yeah, it is exciting. I'm really... May 22nd, Punchline. Get your really tickets ex- now. Go to JuanRubin.com. Yeah, I'm really excited about... Uh, and on JuanRubin.com, make sure you... Goodness gracious. Make sure that you uh, uh, go to Join the Empire. Join and, uh, the Empire. Once you click on Join the Empire, uh, Jesse, uh, you just send me a, a direct email. Nice. So. Cool, cool. And then on the 17th, um, I'm performing, I'm playing bass, and I'm playing, um, and I'm singing um, in a band. Uh, we don't have a name for the band yet, so if anyone has suggestions on names for bands, uh, let us know. Uh, we'll play some of the music today. Great. And um, yeah. see if you guys can figure out what's a, what's a good name for our band. It's a, it's a reggae type of feel. Sweet. The lead singer, she's an amazing singer, um, and we have just a great drummer, great uh, guitarist. It's, it's Where on the 17th fun. are you going to? It's, it's a Thursday night. It's in San Jose. It's in San Jose. Cool. At the caravan? Um, uh, caravan usually books things. It's an outdoor deal. Um, huh, let cool. me... I, I just went live caravan. on Facebook, so Hi. I don't want to lose my... You don't want to uh, look at your thing. You yeah. can use the computer in front of you. There's just... Sure. Um, j- that that right there, just get right in there, and you're fine to, to use it. You can press stop on that podcast since we're not... Since you're here and we're not reusing an old 
uh, some call me Tim with war it was with Warhol Kaufman so if you guys tuned in and you're like what happened <laughs> that's because um, we're we're here now we're live on, on some call me Tim here at Mutiny Radio. okay so it's May 27th and it is at History Park, 1650 Center Road, San Jose, California. So it's an outdoor uh, cool. uh, gig. Um, it's free, so anyone can come. Um, but it definitely, if you want to donate, just go to JuanRuby.com, join the Empire, send me an email that you want to donate. Uh, that helps uh, all of our starving artists uh, uh, hopefully try to eat at some point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, band, being in a band is so thankless. Like, you... <laughs> So it's the 27th. That's great. Um, but yeah, 17. bands bands travel. They and with drummers, you have so much equipment. Like you have to have your all of your amps and all your stuff, and it costs gas and yeah. you're running around. And yeah, it's uh, a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And but you have to practice together with a group. Yeah, the the free practices where you don't get paid for that. Part, right, right, right. And so you're kind of trying to get the sound together. But the good news is once you like get a couple of rehearsals going, and then you get your sound together, you don't really have to rehearse where the performances kind of become the rehearsal. In my opinion, um, you can always practice like a, do a run through of a set, but um, once you kind of got all the songs down and everyone knows, um, unless we're writing new music, we don't really need to rehearse once we have everything down, you know? Yeah, that's... That's pretty cool. Super but, cool. But I mean, if you want to talk name. about like some Christian stuff, we can. I mean, I'm well, always down to talk. about Well, I mean, what it's. Hey, the show's about whatever you believe in. If you believe in music this week, that's fine. Nice. If you believe in um, whatever comedy, you got it. Your your book and shows putting things together. That's that's exciting stuff. Yeah, um, I did want to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in the news. Oh that, yeah. If you're open to that. Sure. Uh, what the the Melania stuff and her new plagiarism or. Um, the the crazy racism that. stuff, the the new song by that cool new song, This Is America by. Oh, Shadish. yeah, I definitely want to talk about that. that and uh, that video is crazy. What? How many times did you watch it? I've only watched it once thus oh, far, okay. but it's a great song. It's a really cool song. The it song is good. better with the visuals, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Because when I watched, when I listened to the song without the visuals, I was like, eh, it's all right. It's pretty good, though. I mean, yeah. with the with, with the visuals and what and what oh, he's yeah. actually saying, it's yeah, I was, it's insane. That was crazy when he when he when he shot the choir that, that time. I was oh like, wow! What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it opens with him shooting nowhere. someone in the head for no reason. <laughs> oh, you're playing guitar for me with a bag over your head. Boom. <laughs> Get out of here! It's crazy. You're done. Um, no, yeah, no. Um, so tell me more about the Melania thing. I, I oh, about so that. she just came out with a new booklet basically about safety with children and the internet and mm. cyberbullying and <laughs> how not to overshare and how not to be rude and all that. Okay. And so it was basically plagiarizing something that the Obamas put out in 2014, but they just kind of put a message of her at the beginning. Really? And it's almost verbatim. So they're. It's just another opportunity of her to rehash something that somebody else did. Just like her speech, which was sounded just like Michelle Obama's 2008 speech. Mm. But it's something that they're saying, oh, she put this out. But it's like, she's lazy. She's not putting anything out. She's not doing anything new. She's not bringing anything to the office of First Lady, which isn't even an office. It's not even like, a, a, I guess, an appointed position. But she's just being lazy. And it's like, fake it till you make it. And they just reappropriated something else and took credit for again other people's work and tried to say it was uh, it was their own. Oh. So it's 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 crazy to me. Well, I've only heard Melania Trump talk like one time. I know I can't speech. even make fun of her, her of her accent because she just never speaks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what she sounds like. But I did. I heard her today, and she just sounds like 
Yeah, she's Slovenian or Slovakian or whatever. Mm. Both those countries border Hungary, and she is starving. She is so <laughs> thin. She looks so pretty when she frowns. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I, nah, I don't know, but I, I think that opens the door for um, uh, Kim Kardashian to be able. Oh to, my God, to be first lady. Uh, be the first lady. That's so <laughs> scary. No, absolutely. Sure, I could see Kim Kardashian being a first lady. Yeah. <gasps> what is? Is she married? To, is she still with Kanye? Because yeah. he's running for president, right? Yeah. Well, we'll see. But yeah, they just had their third child. Wow. Um, that's why when you hear, <laughs> this is my theory. So Kanye West put out a, a song. I don't know if you want to pull it up or. You you can you can pull up anything you want on there. Okay. Cool. Um, I'll pull just, up a song. It's it's that that gray. There you go. Right That's here. find whatever you want there. Okay. Uh, so yeah, he put I'll out a new it. song. I'm I'm gonna play it for those who haven't uh, heard it. I guess. Um, US new song. Well, and and that's the thing is that both Kanye and uh, he he's also he transcends sort of music and and makes his language political. So. I, I respect that. I respect that he's, you know, trying to... Is it... Uh, what's... Lift Yourself. It's called Lift Yourself. Um, I don't know. Is it, is it playing? Just Do press it? play. All right. Definitely um, an obscure song. So this, this it's only two minutes and thir- uh, 27 seconds. Um, and this is, it's just, there's no verse, there's no real lyrics, it's just this sample over and over. It's, it's pretty sweet, like it, the, the bass there, dropping the bass. Yeah? Okay. Some people like it, some people think it's weird. But here's where my theory comes in, I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. So, at some point he, he does a verse. So I think this is where the verse comes in. This next verse, though? This next verse. These bars. Some people think he's like completely trolling. Watch this. Whoop-dee-doo-scoop. Scoop-dee-dee-whoop. Whoop-dee-scoop-dee-poop. Poop-dee-scoop-dee-scoop-dee-whoop. Whoop-dee-scoop-whoop-poop. Poop-dee-dee-whoop-scoop. Poop. Poop. Scoop-dee-dee-whoop. Whoop-dee-dee-scoop. Whoop dee dee scoop poop. Wow. Yeah. So my theory is. Wow. Uh, you know, they just had their. They just had another baby, and I think he was hanging out with his baby a lot. Right. And um, he was saying poopity scoopity boopity boop. They could do good. Sure, sure, sure. And then uh, he was like, "Oh, that there's a song." Right there's there. a song there. <laughs> Well, it also kind of sounds like um, on Rick and Morty when um, when the aliens come and they have to get Swifty and they're like, "Get Swifty, put your put shit on the floor, get Swifty," and it's Rick and Morty and they're trying to save the entire Earth from these alien beings and they're just making stuff up. Huh. And it's the getting swifty sounds a lot like scoobity poo <laughs> because they're like get take a shit on the floor get swifty like, I'm like okay but yeah well Kanye can do he can do whatever he wants. he can do whatever he wants now that's the thing is once you get to a certain point where people will I mean how do you get that famous that people will just you, you know they don't even care that you drop stuff in their drink and they wake up with their clothes off you know that that it, yeah, type just of doesn't even right right well yeah freaking Bill. Uh, well, 
He got he he got convicted. Yeah, he's going to jail. They don't they oh, haven't sentenced no, him. Oh no! Don't send Bill Cosby to jail. Yeah, they haven't sentenced how long he's going to be in there, but it, oh. for the count, he got three counts, and so it's supposed to be ten years both. See, I have a theory about Bill Cosby. What's your theory? And the theory is that they shouldn't have tried him for rape. They should have tried him for prostitution, <laughs> because the majority of the people there are m- multiple people that knew what they were getting into. Camille, not Camille, but she turned a blind eye, but he paid for some people to go through college. Mm. And like, it was like an agreement. Like I'm paying for this and I'm having sex with you. And they just happened to be passed out because that's the way he liked it. So if, but the thing is that if you, if he's paying for you to go through college, then, then the issue is prostitution, not rape. Right. So I, and I, I just, I don't know. I still think Bill Cosby's funny. He's um, no, so he was so inspirational. Some of his classic his, stuff is all like the HBO so specials. Hilarious. The HBO special from like 1982 or 1983, I mean, where he's wearing the, the brown suit. Yeah, even from the 50s in the black when it was this black and white television. Yeah, his. I, I did actually. You know, I did one of his jokes in church one time. Really? Yeah, it was. Um, Oh, what was it about? I think it was Noah. Have you heard the one with the Noah one? No, I don't think so. Okay, so, um, okay, so it goes like this. So, uh, Noah is uh, hanging out with his wife and his kids, and then he goes outside, um, and then he hears a voice, and then the voice says, "Noah, this is God," and then Noah looks up and says, "Right, <laughs> God, what do you want me to do?" Noah, I want you to big, uh, build a big ark and get two of every animal and put them in that ark. Can you do that for me, Noah? Then Noah looks up again and says, right. <laughs> so you want me to build a huge ark and find two of every animal, male and female, and put them in this ark. And you're gonna, and I'm doing this, why? Uh, Noah, I'm going to have a great flood. Right. So, God, if I do this and I, I do exactly as you say, does that mean I get into heaven? And then God says, right. <laughs> <laughs> that went over pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, somebody did the other day. They uh, Was I here? They did it. They did a whole Richard Pryor set. No. And I was like. And people started laughing, but they didn't know. They didn't know it was a Richard Pryor set. They didn't know it was a Richard Pryor set. And then after, one of my buddies like nudges me and she goes, that was a Richard Pryor set. And I was like, oh, (laughs) wow. I just, I didn't realize that people still did that. Like tried to pull off other people's jokes. Well, how do you feel about that? You know, one time I did a a whole Dave Chappelle set. But Um, did you tell people you were doing Dave Chappelle or did they know? You didn't try to pull um, it off like you wrote it, did you? No, I mean, I, at one point I realized some people were just like, hey, that's a Dave Chappelle set. And then I said like, hey, that was a Dave Chappelle joke. And then they laughed because I said that. Right. But um, no, no, I never tried to like pull it off as if it was my own. Right. See, then that's fine. If okay. if you do someone else's joke and credit them, that there's there's no problem there. Or if you say like, if you're doing not a parody of their set, but you're like redoing, that's that's fine. I, I actually have done a thing called, and I want to bring it back, called Jokey where you actually have people's sets written out mm. and you, like, so I could do a Sarah Silverman set. Like, so regular people can come into a show and they can get up on stage and do just like karaoke, but with jokes. 
Hmm. Like with a binder. But I guess, then, yeah, if you uh, let everybody know that that's what's going right, on. Right, if everybody knows like that's what's happening, especially for the radio it works, but then people in the audience can get up and they can perform. But then I also wanted to have it be with the, the comics doing each other's sets. Hmm. So the comics material is still out. So the audience has an opportunity to get up on stage and do other people's jokes that are famous, but the comedians themselves are doing other people's scripts. So it's like... Interesting. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. I think it'd be a fun. I'd be down to do show. that. Yeah. We still got to do the uh, the Warriors. I know before Dude. the end of the. But it, this last series was so great. I can't believe they let him win in five games though, because I have a theory about the NBA uh-huh. that they always try to make it go to seven games, uh-huh. so that everyone can make as much money as possible. Because yeah. who doesn't like? Why wouldn't we want? everyone in Oakland to benefit from there being multiple you know what I mean like they make money at the parking they make money with the popcorn they make money with the beers like how many millions of dollars are generated during every basketball game so it's almost like go to seven games so that every city can eke out as much you know but I don't I don't I don't think the players are in on it no they can't be they don't want to play seven games yeah and if they are in on it they they their competitiveness makes them want to win regardless of what the higher-ups tell them. I think the refs are in on it. Yeah. And I think the players have figured out that the refs are in on it, and so they just play through it because in the playoffs, they the fouls that they call, they're just they, oh, they're they ridiculous. pick and choose which oh, fouls. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're there's no the, – the fouling is the structure. It's, yeah, it's crazy. And I feel like – I also feel there's a racist component. I feel like, I feel like Draymond Green gets more technical fouls and more fouls in general because he's darker black. No. I think there's a colorist thing happening. I do. He's, an, he's a jerk. He's not a jerk. He's just a passionate, passionate he's man. He's very passionate, but his borderline jerk. It he's can just come off as super being a jerk. passionate about the team and about. And I, I feel like he's unfairly targeted a lot. Compared to who? Compared to everyone else. Compared to light skinned <laughs> people on the Warriors like Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Yeah, but they're not, a, they're not in people's faces. They're not like no, kicking they're, they're people gentlemen. in the crotch. That's you know? right. He did do that. Yeah, he's, you know, Draymond, he's, and he's outspoken. Even in the press, he's kind yeah. of a jerk, you know? Like, I mean, not a, I mean, I, I respect everything he says. He doesn't come off as a jerk to me, yeah. but to other people, I can understand why people will be like, oh, he's kind of a jerk. Because some of the things he says, like, even in the press, you're like, dude, you didn't have to say all that. Uh, I guess because Shaq, uh, no, not Shaq, Charles Barkley. Uh-huh. Yeah, Charles Barkley said that um, after one of the games, I guess Draymond was getting in uh, Ray John Rondo's face. Right, Rondo, and, yeah. And um, uh, Barkley was like, you know, I wish I could just punch him right in the face, <gasps> right? And then the, the, after the uh, after the game, they had, you know, they always have the press after the game. Sure. And the, one of the guys in the press t- told him what Charles Barkley said, and then he said, Oh, really? I mean, I've seen this guy uh, numerous times. If he wants to punch me, he can come and punch me. If not, then you should probably shut up. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Know? And he said that, and I respect it. But sure. I can see how people find him kind of a jerk for saying something Kind of like a that. jerk. Especially if they really love uh, Charles Barkley, right? Right. Well, it's, yeah. I get so sick of some of well, those when, commentators. When do you want to do this? When do you want to do it? Oh, well, yeah, we've got we to gotta pick it up. i got to also figure out the, the technology because... Um, I have a digital projector here, which is great, mm-hmm. um, but I'd have to stream it off somebody's like Xfinity, maybe, maybe uh, plug like their phone into the projector to put it on the thing. And then the other bummer is that we can't have alcohol here, so it kind mm. of makes it a lot less fun, right? Okay. Because we would want to watch the game. So I don't know. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. logistics. Logistics. The the devil's logistics. in the details. Exactly. <laughs> the devil, it's, it's it's hard. I mean, and it's, and then also it's what another option is to to do something remotely. But uh-huh. like last night, I have I have a remote broadcast that's called uh, the Sparkast, uh-huh. and my recorder jumped out. It so it's a fifty minute podcast that I record live somewhere else, and the. Uh, the recorder jumped out at 38 minutes. It just froze for no reason. So I lost it last night. I'm like, oh, so doing things remotely is hard because if the, if the technology fails for unknown reasons because mm-hmm. of like memory or something. Okay. We'll, then, we'll, we'll discuss off, off yeah, air. We'll discuss like maybe off what air. we we'll, can, we, we won't can pull the, pr- pull the curtain back for everybody. Yeah. We'll try to figure something out. I didn't get to look into the eyes of, uh, Oh, you didn't look Jesus. into that. Well, you've already looked into sparkle. Jesus. Okay. He's back there behind some other art right now. I've got all this crazy, art happening here at the station <laughs> things awesome. are things are crazy well do you want to um so i have some other things i want to talk yeah, about yeah, but before yeah. we get into the fun stuff do you want to continue the uh, conversations that we had uh before sure well yeah i'm following you but you want to bring up bring up your band all right so yeah so this is the song that we're going to be playing uh this is the single um <clears throat> uh called uh, day by day day by day by by Naki. Naki is the lead singer of the band. But it's uh, those of you on Facebook, you're not going to be able to hear. But uh, yeah, it's all good. Uh, go on uh, YouTube, look up uh, N-A-K-I-I Day by Day. For those of you on Facebook, you can uh, listen to the song right now. We're just playing, we're just listening to it. You guys on YouTube as well. She has a great voice. Oh yeah, she has an amazing voice. She'd probably be better solo than one with on welcome into the uh the live stream i don't want to bore you bore you guys too much no boring this is this is good <laughs> i just keep i just keep trying to think of a, a band name for you oh yeah, yeah some i mean it's it's it sounds like it's like it's reggae reggae but there's a there's a pop element to it and there's the her voice is really great it's uh has like almost a Kind of a soul, like an R and B sort of. Yeah, and actually, um, we're going to be doing a lot of R and B songs at the uh, at the show. Awesome. Well, so I don't know. Um, if anybody, you know, uh, send me a text, send me an email, five one zero five one two four three zero one, or uh, go to my website juanrubin.com and just send me an email. Uh, join the Empire and tell me what you think. What uh what um the uh, band name should be. But Naki is great too. Well, that's her. That's her solo deal. Oh, okay. So she has that trademark. We can't. Oh, gotcha. You, know, you can't do it. Yeah. So that's all exclusively for her. But um, 
we so basically what happened was you know i met naki and she said she needed a band and i already had a band that i was working with and i kind of brought the band in and then we were vibing so much we started writing songs and you know it's all she wrote and so we we're kind of just a collective at this point but uh, we have our first show on the 27th yeah. so we're gonna come out to the 20 on the 27th um it's at the um uh, what did i call it the, the park the history historic history park i believe in san jose um so yeah come on out awesome cool yay yeah, we well it's all good we just <laughs> we just play it play it in the background it's all oh, okay. good play it in the background. uh Hey everybody out there! You've got you've got fans that watch you on the Facebook Live. That's exciting. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, loved ones, friends, family, and yeah, I guess you can call them fans. So you have people that believe in you. That's hey. exciting. Like What's up, Catherine. So you you have. I mean, you. We already know you believe in Jesus. Uh, yes, I believe in Jesus. And but we know that there. Not only do you believe in things, you have a lot of people on your team that believe in you. Praise God, that's, but it's it's not about me. I, in fact, my you know my very first sermon was because yeah. I was scared out of my mind. So a lot of okay, let me start here. A lot of ministers they don't talk about their um, uh, their calling because that's what we call it. Because that you know that's why I was a little uh, confused when you were telling me people choose to be in the ministry. It's it's not really a choice, right? God chooses you. Wow. Right? And so. <clears throat> So the calling, everyone, so you would say that there's a universal thing with ministers that there is a moment in time mm -hmm. where they feel that they were led by the Holy Spirit or by God mm -hmm. to proselytize is the wrong word, to be an evangelist, to, to speak the truth. Right. It's a calling. So when was your calling? Uh, I was 26. So I'm going on. Yeah. So was it a burning bush kind of situation? It was definitely an interesting situation. Um, so it's taboo to talk about it, but I've, I've <gasps> been it? talking about it. Why is it taboo? I don't know. What, I just, wouldn't you want to express like the calling that this is when so. God spoke to me and said that this is how you, this, I want you to lead your life in this way. That's pretty yeah. big. Well, here's the thing. So um, I, I, I believe God calls all of us to do something for him. Um, and even if it's just, you know, if you give out food, you know, to someone, sure. you know, that, that could be your calling on your, on your life and in your heart. Cause he doesn't call everyone to speak in front of people because not everyone has that talent. He doesn't give that gift to everyone. That's a gift from God. Wow. Right. And I can use that talent for a bunch of different things. Right. Yeah. Um, and I choose to use it to make people happy. Doing, comedy, doing music. Comedy, music, and then also uh, preaching the word of God. So, um, basically so what happened was I so like I told you I was really against uh, Christianity for a really long time um, even though my parents made me go to church I just wasn't really that into it you sure. know and so when I went to college um, I was I lived in such a small bubble because it, you know my life up until I was 18 was school basketball church sure that's it school basketball church didn't do anything else didn't go out hang out with friends none of that every now and then but you know curfew was like nine wow you know? yeah. couldn't you know had to be back by nine um i'll sneak out every now and then but basketball the games go later than nine sometimes though that's basketball okay you know? <laughs> as long as as long as it's basketball related or even church ladies some church okay. events yeah. go, go pretty late yeah um even the uh the new year's we do new year's eve every uh right and stay year. up all 24 hours that's yeah. so fun get all the kids pray and... through the uh the new year to you pray into the new new year basically 
just I just always at our church it was always a fun thing to do so that junior high kids had something fun to do and their parents could go out right. but they still got to you know stay up all night and eat candy and be weird <laughs> and, and but but in but you know in we'd sleep over at the church and I've even been like a counselor for things like that where you just hang out with junior high kids it's a lot of fun awesome yeah um, yeah, we do all kinds of stuff like that. Even uh, on Halloween, we do because we don't believe in the witches and go- goblins and stuff. But anyway, so um, so yeah, so eighteen hits. You know, I leave I leave uh, the house. You know, and I'm I'm enjoying myself in college, uh, having a time of my life because I was in such a small bubble. It's like I had so much freedom right. that I had never had before. You know, um, but then things got a little tough, got a little rough, and then I just you know my mom gave me this. Uh, one of those uh, Bible a day type deals where oh, you, uh-huh. you read a verse a day and then sure. by the end of the book, you've 360 pages, you've read the whole Bible basically. Cool. And so I just was like, just curious. So I just opened it up and I just started reading through and I was like, okay, I guess it's, an, it's not all about, you know, God and Jesus. It actually has some life lessons in there that Lots you can of, yeah. apply in your uh, everyday life. Um, but still wasn't completely convinced. And then I, um, I, t- I took a philosophy class and actually, my book that I wrote, that, it started out as a suicide note. What? Yeah, I was, I was uh, thinking about committing suicide. And so I started writing a note out about everything that I had learned up until that point. So that I was like, okay, I'm going to leave this to the world. Because wow. I felt, I felt like nobody really wanted to listen to my voice. So I was like, maybe if I just write this out, at least it'll be there. And then when I pass away and I kill myself, they'll be able to read it and be like, wow. Whoa. How so, were you going to kill yourself? What were you, were you thinking, pills? <laughs> No, actually, there is a there is a train nearby. Oh my God! Yeah, you were gonna lay on the train tracks. I was just gonna just stand in front of it. Let, oh my let, God! Let it wow, that is a that is a wow. That's a brave way to do it. Really? Yeah, I, th- I thought that was. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so you thought it through. This was a serious thing. And but once you started writing the note. You realized you had purpose, or well, that I you... started so I writing the note, and then it became like a, a like seven page chapter. Wow! And then I just kept going. I went to the next chapter, and then I went to the next chapter. Then I busted out five chapters. Wow! And at the end of it, I was like, oh, I just needed to get that out. You know, wow. I, I think that's what it was. I just needed to get all that out. Um, and so once I got that out, um, uh, it kind of brought me full circle back to God. Okay. Not necessarily Jesus, because I was. I was still kind of like, okay, I don't understand this whole Jesus thing. But you wanted to commit suicide and you didn't think there was a heaven? You didn't believe in the heaven yet? At that time? At that time. I don't know what I believe. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I I was so confused and I just didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. I was just like, I don't know. Because when I had my suicide attempt, it was specifically to be with Jesus. I I believed in Jesus so hardcore and I was in high school and I hated high school so much and people were so mean and horrible that I seriously thought, this is it. I'm going to kill myself and go be with Jesus because Jesus loves me and he's real and he cares about me and nobody else does. So let's get out of here and go to Jesus. So my 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 suicide was specifically like Jesus based. Whereas mm. yours is like the opposite. You were like once you wrote it out, you're like, wait no, a minute, you, maybe there's more. Here's a question, and I've gotten this a couple of times. If you commit suicide, do you, do you go to heaven? Now, and Catholics, in Catholicism, they believe that suicide is a sin, and you go immediately to hell or purgatory or what have you. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily. I mean, I don't. At this point, I don't believe in an afterlife anyway. I think mm. when you're dead, you're dead. I think that it actually goes back to a metaphysics idea that 
and we talked about the platonic chair last time and right. Plato and philosophy. I believe that thought is real. And so after people die, if people still remember you, you're real in their heads. Mm. So you still exist. Even though you and your corporeal being and your own essence are gone, your essence is still there because somebody is remembering it. And that's why people that write books and if people read the book, and then you're still alive mm. because they are experiencing your experience. If it's a first person narrative Maybe or if I it's a book. Maybe I should have killed myself. No. <laughs> but it's, but th the thing is, it, what you wrote exists and when people read what you wrote yeah. you exist whether you're here or not your voice exists in their head so are you real is that thought real mm. is the is the thought of a chair really a thought is that really a chair so that's why i kind of believe that there is an afterlife because it's our afterlife is when people remember us. So if people remember Mutiny Radio in 90 years and they talk about Pam Benjamin and Mutiny Radio, then I'm still alive and I made a, I made a, I made an impact. Mm. But that's why people love having children is that they get your children will fucking remember you. <laughs> They're going to. Therefore, you still live even after you die. Is that why people have kids? I think so. Or is it just an accident? They forgot. To. Well, and they get to live through. <laughs> they get to relive their youth through the eyes of a child that looks right. like them or is like them. They I hope can, I don't make anyone mad in my uh, Facebook, but um, you lot of your kids are accidents. So you know, don't 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 listen to what she's saying. You guys did not try to have kids. You accidentally had your kids. Well, I mean, my generation is an accident. No one plans to have children anymore. At least not that I've seen. Well, I think the people that are planning it now are the, like the ones that are in their 40s and right. they're like, I'm white and I'm rich and I'd like to have a little me running around and I'd like to get a nanny to teach the little me how to have good manners because I'm not going to pay attention to little me because I'm going to be working at Google oh or whatever. God. But no, it's the 43-year-old people that are freezing their eggs and taking them out and putting them in Petri dishes and then shoving them back up their twat and, and trying really hard. So those are not accident children. I mean, if you have to pay I'm more to than- you back. I'm trying to get you in the shot here. oh it's okay hi everybody all right i think that's it hi yeah so children are how people live forever right it's one of the ways another way is by writing a book so if you've written a book you can live pretty much live forever and Thank you. the other thing is that this is so weird i've had some friends die and i can't I can't take their cell phone out of my phone, their phone number, because I feel, and I still have some of their Facebooks up. Like when you die, your Facebook still exists. So really, oh yeah, you yeah. Right. A couple of my and, friends have passed away, and they're. It's eerie to see that their Facebook is still there. Still there. And, so eerie. But when when you think about them and you think about their Facebook, then it's like they're still alive because. Right. So it's a remembrance. It's the same reason why. Adam Guzzo is still in my phone. Like I won't, I won't take away his number because at least when I'm scrolling through, hey, I Shirley. remember. I remember him. And when I remember him, I feel like I'm keeping his memory alive. Right. And somehow, philosophically, memory and thought is real. Mm. That's my theory. Interesting. Well, we, we kind of went on a tangent, but uh, yeah. so basically. Oh, back to your calling. Back to your yeah, calling. Yeah, so basically. After your big note that turned again, into a book. Because I see some of uh, my friends from church on. Again, uh, it is taboo for ministers to talk about their calling. So what I'm about to say, you know, usually ministers don't talk about this. I don't understand but I don't get it either, and I haven't asked. I just kind of just like, okay, whatever. But um, so basically, so after the whole you know suicide thing, um, I started. So I started getting more involved in church. So that's the music in the background. Yeah, that's trippy music. Um, um, 
So I, uh, more involved in church, but mostly just like going to Bible study and listening to actually listening to the sermons because sure. I've been going to church my whole life at yep. that point. I never really paid attention to the sermons. I never really fully paid attention. Then I started paying attention to it. And I remember walking out of out of church one night. We had like this big revival, seven o'clock at night, and it was dark. And I was walking, and I just started crying, and I didn't know where the crying was coming from. Huh. Um, I think it was at that was the point where I was starting to let my my guard down. Sure. Because my guard had been up for so long, just you know, dealing with my dad and just like the closest people. I felt like the closest people in my life hurt me the most, yeah. you know, and so I, I didn't really trust anyone or anything. Um, and so I think at that point, that's when my guards were starting to come down. And I, I started to feel this peace, this inner peace. And I was meditating a lot and I was eating very healthy. I was working out on a regular basis and I was I was keeping my temple nice and clean. Sure. And then all of a sudden I, I, w- I was reading the Bible, following some of the stuff and I would pray for things and they would happen. Right. Right. And that started freaking me out. Sure. I'm like, OK, maybe there's something to what people have been telling me my whole life that if I and then then I was reading the secret or the law of attraction yeah and the parallels there too and I'm like okay here okay now I'm starting to see that okay and I was listening to this minister and he was talking about how scripture uh, the word scripture means a piece of huh. right so it's a piece of a higher truth so the Bible is only just one small piece of a higher truth right but that's one way for you to get to that truth sure okay so you think there are other religious texts besides the bible that can help you seek truth uh it doesn't there's there's more than like yes the bible is the word of god but there are other ways to seek god other than the bible yeah like uh even the quran quran has some cool stuff going on in it sweet for real uh buddha buddha said some interesting interesting stuff confucius had some, sure, some yeah. great stuff you know um even the notion that christianity came from the egyptian religion right 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 um, right right. you know th- those are all just pieces of our higher truth and if you put it all together um that's where you start seeing the light um but anyway uh so so yeah so then my pastor he i wrote this book um basically i think the book was it's called from my heart or something like that and one of the chapters was uh, preachers are funny people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I'm a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, I was like heavy in the uh, stand-up comedy, sure. too. And so um, I was reading that chapter, and he was listing all these things that preachers do. And I just sat there, and I'm like, wow, that's everything that I'm already doing right now. And then I started crying again. Wow. Right? So I went to, uh, went to my pastor, and I asked him, you know, hey, what, is, what does this mean? You know, and he said, do what you have to ask. Wow. And that really hit me uh, because what basically what he was saying is my my dad's a minister. Yeah. My grandfather was a minister. And so it's kind of he was saying that that's just how it happens. Lineage is real. Yeah, that's how it happens. It kind of just gets passed down to you. Well, and so last week we had Devorah Kazdan on and she's been going. She's been going through some stuff and she said. And I loved her quote, all comedians are evangelists. <laughs> all comedians have something to or say. Or vice versa. Well, all evangelists are comedians. Are comedians. <laughs> but it, that's the thing about comedians is they want to stand up on stage and tell people their point of view. Right, right. And so they are like an instrument in evangelism. <laughs> it's just that who are they evangelizing for? Like themselves or, the, or for God or for buddha or for peace or for you know dick jokes i mean there's all kinds of there's some there's some evangelists out there 
who go to open. I mean, I know some guys right now that are single that go to open mics because they like to hit on the ladies. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of. Okay, I didn't know that was a strategy. It's a strategy. Those are the comedian ladies or the ones in the audience? Both. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. that's sad. But uh, <laughs> back to uh, so, so you're calling? Yes, you're calling. Uh, calling? Yeah, I think. I'm so you were crying. That. You started to cry, yeah, and you was, were like, "This is it." Story. And yeah. so you were 26, and you said, "This oh, is it. I got it." The the reason why we went there, um, because my very first sermon, because I was scared out of my mind, yeah. and I had already uh, I had already studied all these philosophies, um, and I was a huge Tupac fan. My very first sermon had a verse, a Tupac, a Tupac verse in it. Seriously, that's great. <laughs> and the, the song, the Tupac song is called Only God Can Judge Me. Oh, wow. Which is a, a pretty awesome song. Um, and so uh, when I wrote the sermon out, that was in there. And then um, the, the title of my sermon was Don't Believe in Me. Oh. Which is like when I, when I, you just saying it out loud, it was so heavy that, but basically what I was saying. Don't believe in me, believe in God. Believe in God, yeah. Don't don't put me on some pedestal. Cause, sure. Because sometimes that's what happens. Well, and that's, it's objectification. I mean, when a person, when you put a person on a pedestal, it's yeah. your mind that makes them more than human. Right. It's, they're a human and they have faults and fallacies, but sometimes when we see people on stage or in front of us, we objectify them and make them a thing. Like right. making a making a minister from a human into a minister objectifies them and makes them some sort of a holy figure. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. Holy figure is is it's like it's it's the person looking that's tr- turning them into an object. It's right. it's a subject object relationship kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, so wow. that was the whole point of us going on that rant, but right. um, back to some of the current events. So Oh sure. So Kanye West so here's the thing. Here's my thing about Kanye. So, I, I think Kanye is. I wouldn't go so far as to call him a genius because he calls himself a genius. So I, <laughs> I, I refuse to call him a genius because he calls himself a genius. But he's a smart guy. Sure. <laughs> um, and he makes pretty interesting music, even though he can't play piano, can't play any instrument. Uh, but yeah, but he produces. He produces music, and that's pretty much what hip hop is, right? Sure. Um, you know, Cool in the Gang when when they first made was it Cool in the Gang? Um, a hip hop, hip it to the hip it and hip hip, but how about it don't stop? That's Sugar Hill Gang. Sugar Hill Gang. So uh, supposedly that's the first hip hop song, and that was a disco track that they remixed. What right? what year was that? I think the first rap song was actually. I think it was actually Rapture by Blondie was actually I'd consider Blondie. Yes, Rapture by Blondie. The, you heard the, the singer Blondie. Yes. So Rapture by Blondie. I'm gonna what? see what what year that was in, and she. Uh, she was spitting? She was, yes. What? It's uh, Rapture Blondie song, Wikipedia. Here, I just looked it up. Hey, oh, it, was up 19, it was 1981. So okay. um, she, it was, was the 79. first uh, the first number one song in the U.S. to feature rap vocals. Really? Yeah. And, wow. uh, and she raps about like the aliens from outer space coming <laughs> and like eating people eating bars and now they only eat guitars. Come on. It's like, it's, um, it's really, it's really funny. And it's, um, hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So they, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the point I was making was just that, um, uh, the sugar Hill song, uh, in 79, 
they they didn't create a song they took in a disco song right uh, and then they remixed it and put rap vocals over it right yeah. and so that is what hip-hop is and so when people say kanye west is not uh, original and he only samples songs it's like well that is what hip-hop is so right. he's actually he's the he's a true hip-hop artist he's like the first true hip-hop artist sure well i think that the, the beastie boys also did it and especially when the beastie oh, yeah. boys were sampling themselves like when you get <laughs> so first paul's boutique was amazing because because they sampled so much right. and they were also playing their own instruments at the same time which was great and cool but then when you get all the way up uh, into their 2001 release that had intergalactic planetary on it <laughs> they are sampling themselves which is like so <laughs> fucking meta right like that I was like no way you guys uh, yeah so oh, okay so so Kanye um so Kanye, I, you know, I didn't really like his first album. Uh, I like, I loved his second album, but irregardless, you know, it's not a word. Um, basically, you know, he's he's gotten to a point where he's rubbing el- elbows with the elites of the world. Sure. And so, in my opinion, I think he's trying to tell everyone what's going on without getting himself killed. And Interesting. now, at this point. The things that he's been saying lately is probably going to get him. He's probably going to get killed. For you him. think that because he's well, and he might be running for president. So that's would right. definitely get him killed. Yeah. Did, did you hear what he said? So he had a so if you follow his tweets, which I do, and you follow and you saw his he had an interview, a two hour interview with Charlemagne the God, oh. who's a, a radio guy in uh, the, the East Coast for the Breakfast Club. Um, if you watch that and then you watch the TMZ rant, because I'm sure you saw the TMZ rant I, by I, now. I did not see. So okay. You can listen to the TMZ rant. Yeah. So, uh, hey, what's, what's going on, Mary? Um, um, so the TMZ rap, the rant, he, uh, the, the big sound bite that people took out was um, slavery was a choice. Whoa. That's a heavy statement, right? Well, it was a choice. It was a choice by the, by, I mean, I guess could there but when they when there's guns when when white people are on your shores and saying get on this boat and or we're gonna kill you it's not much of a choice right it's like do you want to live or die that's your choice mm. I mean that's what people are saying but what he if if you follow him and you know where he's coming from basically what he's what he's trying to say is that uh, mental slavery is a choice mm. you know to be mentally enslaved and um, Basically, he's talking about how, you know, we're a slave to a lot of different things. We're a slave to, you know, brands. We're a slave to money. Yeah. We're a slave to fame, you know. Um, and we, we no longer are 100% free in our thinking and thoughts because we don't want to say the wrong thing. Well, we like have right so na- many graven images. Exactly. I mean- <laughs> like, I'm, I'm somewhat of a slave uh, because I am a, a minister, I can't I can't be a hundred percent free and say what I want to say on a, on a on a regular basis. Huh? You know, and I'm I'm kind of a slave in that you, sense. Well, so what you're saying is that any constraints that are forcibly put upon you is slavery. Yes. So that if you don't feel if there's any moment that you don't feel completely free to express yourself, then you're being constrained by something, and constraints are slavery. Yeah, and it's it's a social slavery. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. if you if you get yeah, out of line, that. then someone's gonna pull your pull your uh, coattail. Pull your funding. Yeah. Pull your. Yeah, take you off the like like that girl who shot up the uh, UT. Yeah, so what I think he was trying to say, but the thing about Kanye, things always come out incorrectly, um, and he also talks about how black people should stop being Democrats um, because wow. uh, because 
you know, um, yeah. During the conversation, <laughs> Kanye said, when you hear about slavery for 400 years, for 400 years, that sounds like a choice. Oof. Yeah, pretty heavy statement. Pretty yeah. heavy statement. Um, well, I mean, we could all rise up against our oppressors. Like women still as a group are paid 70 cents on the dollar. We still haven't passed the um, the equal rights uh, amendment. We still haven't passed that for women. Uh, we could say that our that it's a choice that we're choosing to not be equal to men because we're not fun. We're not trying to make it an issue like feminism. We could all come together as feminists and say, uh-huh. like black feminists, white feminists, women are equal, right. and yet we don't. <laughs> so okay. we're just compliant in our own. Oh, what's up, slavery. Leo? Um, and the the other thing is, all right, so. There, the part of the statistics that people, because you said seventy cents on the do- dollar, but the yeah. the part of the statistics that people leave out when they do those polls is that you have to you have to weigh in the fact that women take uh, maternity leave. So because I think they that take, men deserve maternity leave, they too. should paternity, uh, but they take maternity leave, so that's their choice to take maternity leave, right? Because they don't have to take maternity leave, but I mean, it's it's probably good well, for them. If you want to raise your child, yeah, yeah, you gotta. And so that's one of the reasons why they get paid less. Uh, also, yeah, uh, they you have to take. Yeah, but I'm never gonna have a kid, so why should I get paid less? Because I'm not gonna. I mean, and it's illegal now to ask people in a job interview whether they plan on having children or not. They asked me that once when I was in my early 30s and I was going for a job interview and she was like, well, you're 32. Are you going to have like a baby anytime soon? And I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. But that's a They shouldn't be able to ask that question in a job interview. Well, so, OK, so that that's so that's the point. That's the, re- the reason I brought those up, because there's different issues of why um, why, why women get paid, uh, why women get paid less, uh, because also we don't know how to negotiate because we're never taught how to negotiate. Maybe that, but it, I mean, the statistic just shows them getting paid less. But they don't. It doesn't just doesn't tell you why they get paid less. They just think. Then they then they jump to the to them to the uh, employers and say the employers are paying them less. Well, not necessarily. It's because of things like maternity leave. It's because of you know women who will work less hours so they can be with their kids. You know, there's a lot of different reasons why women uh, get paid less. It's not necessarily because employers telling. Them, I just think that we should be paid less. equally because then maybe men want to stay home and take care of the kids or maybe I, I mean whatever it be a company to company basis I just think that there's sh- okay so and that's the other thing about salaries is everybody's quiet about it like nobody tells anybody how much anybody's making and and that's not fair because that's why how we don't even know how to negotiate yeah you're like, right you're right Mary men have maternity leave also on some jobs they do but it's called paternity leave with a P but um yeah, I sorry, think that everyone should equally raise their children I, I would love it if people actually had the opportunity to spend time with kids. I, I feel like school is becoming childcare mm. and it's rather oh, yeah. than it being education, it's just, we have to have a two income family home in order to live this particular way because we're slaves to our lifestyle because we have so to Pat. have like, there's certain things that we're told we have to have, or we're told that that's what makes you, you know, you have to have your iPhone. You have to pay your bill. You gotta right. have the stuff. You've gotta have a car. You have to pay for transportation. I mean, yeah. How do you feel about how do you feel about young women who are like single mothers? Like the the influx of single mothers in the world. I wish that it I feel like it's kind of annoying. I I wish that that didn't have to happen. I wish that men would have more responsibility. I feel like I feel like guys are just 
they're allowed to be lazy. And then here's the thing though, is that when it's, it's in, in single mother homes is why we have all these lazy millennial boys because their moms have done everything for them their, their whole lives. And all of a sudden they're like, Oh, take care of me. We, you know, which is, which is great for me because I'm a woman in her forties who's uh-huh. not going to have any children. So dating a guy in his thirties is like having a child. It's really, it's really <laughs> fulfilling because you feel like you're you teaching pet? them and like you, I mean, it's not like I'm not getting benefit out of it. Like you get the, <laughs> you get the wonderful sexual experience of a 30 year old, <laughs> but you know, they're children. They don't do dishes. They don't know how to clean the toilet. Yikes. They don't because they were. And, and my boyfriend wasn't raised in a single family home, so it's not fair to put that on them. But I, I don't know. I like younger men. Uh. But that's what, that's what I'm getting at. But, but it's, they're just, right now there's a whole, there's a whole group of dudes that were raised by single moms. Well, and women have just been taking care of them My question time. is, so what, why, do you think, why do you think it's that way? Is it, is it just Because that, men is, are lazy and they don't want to take care of their responsibility. They well, shot why, the jizz into the woman and they left <laughs> because she got fat. She's not well, pretty anymore so and I want another different girl. <laughs> so that's my point. So why, why did they shoot their jizz in them? Like because, what, what happened? Like why? Because why a lot of times when women are young. condoms or what? Because a lot of times women who are young and especially when they're in their high school might not be ready for a relationship. They don't know what a relationship is. They don't have uh-huh. the patterning and they go, oh, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And they say, if you love me, you're going to let me come inside you without a condom. And they what? go, oh, okay, okay, sure, whatever. Are you going to like me? Are you going to like a me? A guy says that. Of course they do because they're wow. a 16-year-old girl and 16-year-old girls are like, like me, like me, like me. Do you like they me? They want to be the pullout Well, they're king. not, but they're not, that's the thing is that all these young kids are like I can do whatever I want whenever I want to do it because there's no consequences for their actions and then guys can just leave the consequence for a woman is that now she's pregnant and so when you take away the option of abortion when she just wants a guy to like her I really understand why 15 year old girls are having sex because they want people to like them because they are 15 year old girls easily manipulated wanting people to like them trying so hard to have everybody like them I was a 15-year-old girl. I know how hard it is when you, the night before, you pick out your clothes and then the day of you have to wear makeup and you, you're you worried about being fat and you're worried about being thin and you're worried about having the right clothes and you really want boys to like you. And then, oh my gosh, the easiest way to make them like you is to have sex with them. Wow. Isn't it? I guess, dude. But I mean, my thing, so in the 90s, it was all about wear condoms, you know, be use birth control. I mean, so... So why aren't they doing that part? Why, why are they because just like... Because education has failed everyone. Oh, sex education has gotten worse, huh? It just... no. Okay, here's the problem. I think this is the problem is that we as a society say, oh, we're so moralistic because of Trump or Christianity or whatever, mm-hmm. but 12-year-olds have access to all the porn. So you give a 12-year-old oh, boy... You give a 12-year-old boy an iPhone. Okay. Now, he thinks a different way about women because... Suddenly, there's no education. There's no one talking to them about what they're looking at or where they're going. You guys, gotta, see, you guys gotta see her as she's telling you this. This is this is actually this is what I've been asking people, and you you're giving me the best take I've heard. Oh yeah, oh, I'm okay. So twelve year olds with an iPhone have access to all the porn, <laughs> and and there's some scary stuff out there that if you don't tell if you don't tell a little boy, they're gonna think that. Oh yeah, I just bend her over and I have sex with her pooper. That's not fair. That's no girls don't girls don't want to do that. It hurts. There's a perfectly fine. But here's the thing: I don't think that children should be having sex anyways. I think that that is. I think they don't understand the context. They don't know what they're doing. But if little boys are like, this is what girls do. They this is what they do. This is what they want to do. And now you've got a 16, 15, 16 year old girl going like, gosh, 
gosh, I want boys to like me. And they're watching porn and girls aren't watching the porn. Or maybe the guys are showing them the porn saying, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. And they're like, oh my God, he'll like me if I let him do this. And then... And then where are we? Because the parents don't know. I mean, I was talking to a 13-year-old the other day, and she says that there's kids using vape pens in the bathroom in junior high. And I'm like, they're what? They're doing what? Why not? You I, know, I you guess, can't smell it, right? Yeah, you can't. Well, you can, you can kind of smell it. But, uh, I mean, it's... If you get, like, the flavor If you... I just... I can't... Man. How do we make children have morals again you when they have I access mean, to all the porn? <laughs> Bit in the butthole. So that's what really? it is. So that's what it is. I so think it's, it is. it's the porn. I think it's, it's the, the porn. young ladies who want a man to really love them. Yeah. And it's just um, it's the men being raised by single mothers. So in I was teaching high school. That makes sense. From ninety seven to two thousand one, I taught both junior high and high school. Hey, you're talking and about. Hey, Jacqueline, how you doing? We're talking about uh, single mothers. So I was teaching a girl. It was an emotionally disturbed classroom, and. She was in a group home and she was in my classroom and she came to me and she was 15 and she said, I just want to get pregnant. I just want to have a baby so something will finally love me. Wow. And this is a 15 year old girl. She was pregnant by 16 and a half. And I tried to tell her, I gave her one of those baby think it overs. It's this um, thing that you give a child in high school and it's a fake baby, but it has, it has a chip in it and it makes the baby cry and you have to do certain things. And so... She had her baby, her baby think it over. What's up, Jay? And she brought the baby back and she was like, I don't understand why it won't do anything anymore. And we put her chip in the computer and I was like, "Um, your baby died two days ago. Uh. What did you do two days ago? And she was like, well, it wouldn't stop crying. So I wrapped it up and I stuck it in in the drawer. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, okay, so the point of baby think it over is to treat it like a baby, to see if you're ready to have a baby. So I'm like, the only reason I gave you a baby think it over is that you're a 15 year old girl and you're talking about trying to get pregnant. So I wanted you to experience having a baby for three days and you killed it the first night by wrapping it up and putting it in a drawer. That's nuts. It's nuts. But she still, she, because she was so emotionally damaged and she didn't feel love from her parents, from her father figure from a mother figure from any foster parent figures and she was trying to get love from boys and she was like if i have sex with them they'll love me and if i have a baby the baby will love me wow it's a it's some crazy circular thinking yeah i've been thinking so i you know i have a podcast i started too and uh, i'm i'm having a bunch of single mothers on and i I just want to hear their story yeah because i want to know exactly what happens step by step on how you came to this point because i already kind of know what's going on in the guy's mind they're just like oh man i wasn't you know whatever it's not mine or even if maybe they do a uh a test and it is theirs and I think a lot of times, a lot of especially the young black men, they're just not—they're not ready to take care of themselves, let alone sure. take care of another baby. No, so. it's even guys in their thirties right now. These uh, young millennial guys—they can mm. barely take care of themselves. How could they take care of a baby? Yikes! I could barely—I'm forty-three and I can barely take care of myself. I shouldn't have a baby. Wow. I mean, not but everybody's they just go supposed and shoot to. Up the club, huh? Not everybody's supposed <laughs> to procreate. Oh my gosh! Speaking of local. Uh, news right now they're the pictures of the president's son he looks like a school shooter he's so sad looking and so forlorn he he looks there's these just new pictures of his 13 or 14 year old son and he just looks angry and sad 
Yeah. And I'm like, oh, angry, sad feel little boys. <laughs> I feel terrible for them. Yeah. But that's the thing is angry, sad little boys. What are they going to do? They're going to play video games where they shoot things up and they're going to watch porn where there's no consequences at all for rampant sexual behavior that is not like intimate or personal or I mean and maybe sex doesn't have to be intimate and personal but I feel like as an adult you can make that decision as a child like I kind of like them to believe that people have yeah. value and that sex means something and there's a study that came out recently that said that millennials are having less sex Good. Uh, part, part, in part because of the influx in STDs. Huh. So a HIV has gone down, but STDs are going up because sure. of dating apps. Right, gonorrhea right. and the whatnot. Yeah. Um, uh, Chlamydia is not a flower. <laughs> and uh, but the kids are having less sex because they're, they they lack the social skills to <gasps> get to that intimate uh, wow. level. Um, and so, and I I've noticed it too. Just uh, just this woman my age or even younger they don't even really know how to communicate they don't know how to have a conversation wow. and then on top of that now here's the other here's the other kicker yeah i have a younger sister oh. and sometimes my sister tells me and shows me dms from her instagram and facebook and, sure. and snapchat and it's just the most disgusting stuff that i see guys texting her or, or dming her yeah and i'm just like you know, the nice guys have no chance out here in the dating world because all these girls are getting, they're basically getting, um, they're getting bombarded by these guys who are just sending them, you know, dick pics or nasty messages or calling, you know, if she, if she does if like my sister doesn't want to date them, um, they'll, they'll call her like the B word and oh. like cuss her out and, you know, all on the DM and they feel safe behind the computer. Stick, sure they right? do. Yeah. They can say whatever they want, but they wouldn't do that in front of her. Or maybe they would do that in front of her, but not if I'm around. Right? No. <laughs> I'm a six, three scary black man. So no one, no one really bothers me too much. You're not scary. No, not you don't scary. look scary. I, you know, I just, I'm just tall. My stature is intimidating. You, um, you look like basketball. <laughs> okay. I look like a basketball. That's awesome. No, no. Uh, <laughs> you look like basketball, the genre. <laughs> like I'm the personification of just basketball. Yes, you're the personification That's of amazing. basketball. But in the good things about basketball, like the <laughs> Stephen Curry basketball, where like people are nice and they're working really hard and they have discipline and discipline is good. Yeah. I really think that the, that's part of the problem in the structure and why kids oh, are... no more discipline? No more discipline. Yeah, that's true. No more integrity, no more discipline. Integrity? What does that Integrity, right. Well, the thing <laughs> is, people don't have to... Remember, well, I don't know, you're a little younger than I am, but uh, we before the days of cell phones, mm -hmm. when you said you were going to show up somewhere... You better show up there. If I still you, do that. Now. If you say People you're get going at me for that, for showing up, or for showing up late. Oh well, or, but, or rescheduling an hour but before. Rescheduling is fine. Like I came late today, but you were five minutes late. It's fine. <laughs> but rescheduling is fine. Being a little late. I'm talking about completely ghosting out, like mm. completely having. If I say I'm going to be somewhere, mm. I am there, mm. and I don't think that exists anymore no, in our it society. That it that. People have follow through. No. That your word Especially means something. Especially in California, I hear in California, California we're flaky. really flickle, fickle. Yeah. In the East Coast, they hate Californians because if you say you're going to be somewhere, you're not there. Someone could be stuck in a blizzard. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Over here, it's California. The weather pretty much stays the same all year round. It's yeah. like, oh, there's always tomorrow. Sure. You know, over there, it's not. They they get pissed. Well, I, it's yeah. but I mean, because you're wasting someone. Basically, if you say you're going to meet someone and you don't, and you completely right. ghost out, you're wasting their time. 
and time is money, but time is free time. How dare you? How dare right. you be so disrespectful to waste someone else's time? Yeah. Like, waste your own time, fine. Yeah. But don't waste someone else's Somebody. time. Yeah. So I'm... Yeah. In, I say that the, the reason things are falling apart is lack of integrity, lack of discipline. To be integral. Lack of follow through. Yeah. That's, yeah. That doesn't uh, quite exist anymore. I mean, I think that everyone should take ballet and learn about discipline or everybody should be involved in a sport because it teaches you that, you know, you don't just... You don't just get great at shooting free throws. Now, you have discipline. to shoot thousands of free throws. Now, when you say the word discipline, does that mean that, uh, is, do you think there's a correlation between uh, kids not getting hit anymore and just going on timeout or getting spankings? I think that then there that, are that, so that, many that better discipline. things. I think there are so many better ways to uh, shame children into acting right. <laughs> mm. I don't think that you need to beat them. I think you just need to take away their iPhone. I think that you, you can take anything away from a child and you don't want a power struggle with the child because then the child feels like they have power. But discipline? Hell yeah. Just take away the things that they like. You don't have to, you don't have to hit them. You can, I mean, here's one thing. When I'm on the bus and uh -huh. a child starts to be obnoxious, and the parent is on their iPhone and not paying attention to the child. I'm angry at the parent. I'm not necessarily angry at the child. But I give everyone the stink eye. Like, if a child is being loud for no reason on the bus, I will look at them like, mm, mm -mm. and sometimes I'll quiet down. I mean, it takes a village. Uh, but where was I going with this? Uh, with, with parenting, with children that are... I would never, if someone hit their child on a bus, uh-uh. If your child is screaming on the bus, you just take the child off the bus and you sit there and you go, we will get back on the bus when you can behave like people behave on the bus. If you'd like to sit here at this bus stop, we can sit here all afternoon. Like I've had children have tantrums that are on the spectrum that are, you know, and they, if they want to sit down on the street corner and scream, sit down on the street corner, see your time. We were going to go to the park and have fun. We were going to go get ice cream. Can't get there now because you're screaming. Mm. I'm not gonna drag you screaming. We're just gonna sit here mm. Mm. until you until you start acting the way that we act on the bus. And then it's a it's a cycle, right? Because a lot of those um, a lot of those, those kids are yeah those kids who grew up and have children they didn't have that the same discipline right um, uh, because they were raised by a single mother probably. I mean, and not even single mothers, just broken homes, you know, sure. like, I, you know, I'm so, I feel what? so blessed to have had, a, have had both of my parents in the house and yeah. I have to, you know, split weekends and stuff sure. like that. But that's a lot, that's a well, re reality for a lot of my peers. Consistency. That's the other thing is that the rules at dad's house might've been different than the rules at mom's house, which are different than the rules at school. So when I was teaching special ed kids, I would tell the parents like, I only have them for six and a half hours a day. Yeah. You have them for 17 and a half hours a day. So what I'm doing here, if you go home and you don't back me up, what am I doing? Mm. Like you can't switch the rules. Like you, you have to, you have to maintain consistency because a child's mind doesn't have the ability to figure out context yet. Mm. Like I understand that there is, a way that you speak and a way that you act in different places in public versus private versus school versus church versus the store versus the bus. Mm -hmm. All of that is different. But kids don't. The kids, kids don't, don't, don't know. They don't understand. So if you let them act out and 
and ignore them and just stay on your cell phone and go, oh, whatever, then they learn that that behavior is just fine. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have any kids. You know, a lot of my, you know, I'm 30, so a lot of my peers have kids and have had, have grown as kids now. Sure. I mean, goodness gracious, I don't even know where the time went. They're, these kids are like teenagers now, and I guess they had them when they were teenagers as well. So sure. that's probably what happened. But, um, yeah, I, you know, kids are kids are weird. But I do teach, I do teach us a public speaking class five hours a week. Great. Um, and they're they're Chinese kids. You're amazing. You, you, I mean, you are so all over the map. You just much must not watch TV. Like you just yeah. th- because your time is too important. You're giving away so much time. I, but it makes sense. Like five hours a week isn't really that much. But people would be like, five hours a week? How am I going to watch my TV show? It's like, well, you, just, you just don't watch the TV we show. We got 24 hours in a day. We have the same 24 hours that Abraham Lincoln had, that Martin Luther King had. It's the same 24. Wow. You know, they didn't have TV, so they, they got a lot of stuff done. But And then also the internet, too, right? Because sure. any show that I want to watch, I can watch on the internet. You right. know, And I don't have to be confined to syndicated television where all oh, my show comes on at six I have to right, be there right. fun at six now i can watch it when i get home at 12 12 a.m if i want to right you know? if you want to i mean but sleep is important too yeah i, I, I gotta I get think sleep. That, I, get I really think though it has to do with maybe we just don't try as hard anymore or maybe that i'm trying to like speak generally for what's happening with societal problems and are we you just know, are we it was is it that we were told that every action and every everything we tried was good enough that now it's like we're we're brainwashed we were brainwashed basically because you're a striver you strive i understand history you strive for excellence every day yeah i can tell in you 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 use your time wisely you have discipline you're 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 volunteering in so many ways you're sharing your vision you're sharing your voice you're 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 you have your, you know, your evangelism that's happening, that you're living, you're walking the walk and talking the talk. And that is much as possible. But that is unheard of in these days. And especially really? for a millennial. Yes. Wow. We're in the fake it till you make it world. Huh. You're actually doing for real. Huh. And other people are thinking fake it till you make it. Just lie. Don't huh. have integrity. Don't have discipline. Just lie until people believe you. Yeah. No, I, I guess, I guess when I was younger, I tried it that way and it didn't work. Um, (laughs) but that's not true because you were playing your basketball and you were amazing and you were playing and you were working hard there are no shortcuts in basketball just because you're tall doesn't mean that you can hit 90% of of free throws you've got to do your line drills you've got to do your wind sprints you have to and you know what not honestly I guess I was the guy who came early and left late you know I would you know after practice I do more some extra sprints by myself and ask other guys if you wanted to join me and maybe like one guy be like sure everybody else like no man I'm out of here man right practice is over so I mean I guess maybe that's just maybe yeah it could just just be me but I mean there, there, you know, there's the downfall of it though. It's, it's, it's part of the ADD. I think I don't. I've never been diagnosed with ADD, but because my brain is scattered in so many different areas, and if I only have one thing going on, like I start like getting anxious and <gasps> agitated. So that's one of the reasons why I have so many things going on. So I have the music, the the comedy, and uh, I'm a broker, and, and I also do the public speaking and the ministry. So now I'm at like five, five things now. Yeah, uh, I was at three a couple a couple months ago, but um. Yeah, no, it's just because 
and I hate to say it like this, but yeah, I, I guess I get bored. You know, I get bored, and I'm not going to sit around and watch television. But well, uh, yeah, we were brainwashed. That, that was the point I was going to get to. Yeah, is that we yeah. were brainwashed because we went to school, and they told us if you go to school, go to college, get good grades, you yep. get a good job. Sure. Now you get married, have that's, kids. That's sure. the life you're supposed to have. Right. And I said, nah, why though? Why? You know, I was always the kid. Why? Like, why do I have to do it that way? Sure. And I started reading history. And do you understand? Do you know that then? before the industrial revolution 90% of Americans had a business or was an apprentice to someone who owned a business and only 10% of the world were employees after the industrial revolution it flipped now 90% of the of uh, America are employees and only 10% of the uh, population owns a business right. and so when the industrial revolution hit the reason why we we people work from nine to five is because those were the, the ample times for them to go into the factories and work from nine to five. Sure. Why the hell do we still have nine to five hours going on when someone is sitting behind a, a computer desk? It does, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make, any, make sense. any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense at all. And so, like, I think a lot of people, they, they do the Well, the eight-hour workday, that's the other thing, is that the yeah. English came up with the eight-hour workday. And I think at the beginning, it was a 10-hour workday mm. because they were making people work 15, 16, 17 hours in factories right and finally in england they said no no no, we're gonna have a 10 hour work day and then in the united states we're like oh how about an eight hour work day (laughs) but yeah so then it's like so people wake up in the see i'm 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 different so i'm 30 with no kids not married but a lot of my peers either are married or have kids or both right and so to them, it's like, I have to take care of my children. So I'm going to wake up at five in the morning. I'm going to get my kids ready for school. I'm going to drop my kids off at school. I'm going to go into traffic and go uh, to my job. Yeah. I'm going to sit at my desk, go take a lunch at 12 o'clock, come back, try not to fall asleep because I ate too much right. <laughs> at lunch, get off of work around four or five, drive into traffic, go pick up my kids at an after school program, never see them the whole day, right. get, uh, get them to do their homework work at seven or eight maybe watch some shows while i'm cooking dinner and then go to sleep and do it all over again right and they do that every day because they feel like well i have to because of my kids right for me i don't have that so um i don't know if if that's the reason why i'm the way i am that may but be because see, i'm a little more but i think it's also because i'm more of a free thinker but I'm, you I'm could not, also just be an alcoholic other guys in their 30s without <laughs> kids are like i'm going to the I get off work and I go to the bar and I sit at the bar and I drink because I don't have kids and do nothing and maybe watch a sports game. I know. Well, that's because you have a different mindset. Okay. Now here's, okay. I'm just trying to, I'm not trying to like, you know, diminish your theory, but I'm trying to explain it. Maybe because like you're telling me this stuff and I, in my mind, I'm like, there's no way that the rest of the world, my age are not doing what I'm doing, but they're not. They're not doing anything. They're playing video games. They're trying to have sex with women. There's a lot of masturbation. I know because it's just it's a time sink. It's, and it's, it's the games are exactly the same. They're not. They're right. nothing different than Sonic the Hedgehog. It's just better <laughs> graphics. It's sure. the same game. And shooting, I played that and when I was a kid. And desensitization. Yeah, I played, I played Duck Hunt and, and on Nintendo. Like sure, it's Duck the Hunt same game. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nothing true. different. Okay, so here's my theory. Okay. Yeah. I, I think part in part it is it has to do with my faith because I do believe that the creator made us in his image. Right. Okay. So if the creator made us in his image, then he made us to be creative. Oh, 
Ooh, that's great. Right? Because if you look at a kid, uh, a six-year-old, what is what are they doing? They're drawing. Sure. They're, they're coloring. Right. They're being creative. And right. somewhere along the line, someone tells you, you don't be an artist because there's no money in art. Right. Yeah. When you're right. 18, actually. Yeah. You're and then and then you, they go on. They go into these different fields. Right. Like one of the, my friends, she hates her job and she's stressed every day. Yeah. And I asked her the other day, like, why do you even do it if it stresses you that much? Sure. Like, find something else. And she's she and her thing was she wants to please her parents or huh. she wants to make a certain amount of money and, and i'm like well you know what, what's more important like the money or your happiness you know right if you save your money properly you can pretty much do almost any job if you save your money properly sure. but i think people don't know how to save either well and we're taught that you have to spend your money immediately yeah, to be a big consumer yeah because <laughs> your laptop broke or your your touchscreen technology is broken yeah. or i need the newest coolest phone so i can play video games or watch tv on it yeah it's managing your needs and wants right That's needs and wants it's a it's a it's a an equation you know and if you lower your needs and you make them closer to your wants then you feel more fulfilled mm. if you have it, you know, it's just it's just a division thing. So if your wants are really high right. and your needs are really high, I mean, I'm well, trying to do my math So in my, in my book, uh, I talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I don't know if you've heard of that, but he has a hierarchy of needs. So the, the at the very basic level, we need uh, food. Food, yeah. Then after that, it's shelter. Mm -hmm. Then after that, it's love. Oh. Then after that, it's self-esteem. Huh. And then if you get all four of those at the top, it's called self-actualization. Wow. You self-actualized. Sure. Yeah. But it, yeah, those are your needs. Anything outside of those, though, those are just your wants. Those the, are things right, that- Those are just your wants. You know? Um, and I, I don't know. We I, want so much. Because we're told to want so we much. Should up, I think we should update Maslow's because I think we do need a laptop and a, and a, and a, um, <laughs> and a smartphone. Because if you have a laptop, a smartphone, um, and a means of transportation, you can make you can make money doing almost anything. That's well, and it. So getting back to the creative point, I also believe that humans are made to create, and that our all we can own is our labor, and sometimes making maybe we're making something with our labor. That's all we can control. That's all we can make. And yet we have these jobs where the people are making the most money yeah. and they're just passing memos around. It, like there isn't, they aren't making anything. They aren't, no. there isn't even a, no a product there. Mm -mm. It's just like thought is a product now. Like an app is somehow a product that exists, <laughs> but it's like fake. It's like. It's, in, it's, a, it's what they call in accounting an intangible asset. An intangible asset. Whereas I believe that people are constantly creating tangible assets it's one of the reasons why women want to have babies is that we can physically create another life form mm -hmm. like that's pretty fucking cool it is pretty cool and, and actually in the bible when when god told adam and eve to go out and be productive and produce a lot of people think oh it means to make babies but that's just that's not the only part of it it's it means be productive it means go out and create stuff sure and well build the kingdom of god but build the kingdom of god using your talents because god gave you certain gifts and you're 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 put on this earth to give not to receive well, to and then, put out good good uh vibes in the world and then that's socialism because if we truly let, <laughs> if we truly let every person do what they feel like they're best at 
everybody would happy be happy and everybody would be productive, <laughs> right? But like, cause I have a friend who's, what? I have a friend. I would think that was capitalism. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> socialism because you just, because the problem is that right now. You don't get a choice in socialism, I thought. No, 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 you get a choice. You get to do whatever you're good at. You you give your gifts to the community okay. as what, you, you get what, what, have been same. what has been bestowed upon you. Basically what it says is that everyone's labor is equal. If I'm hanging out with small children and I'm taking care of them, that labor is just as important as a doctor who knows special smarty pants things and can sew up your wound. Okay. Is just as important as a person who digs ditches to lay the groundwork for a new building. Is just as important okay. as a person who is making paper from scratch. It's just as important as a poet who's expressing themselves and, and forwarding thought and forwarding empathy and forwarding literature for our society as a whole. If everybody did what they were really good at, if you took writers and instead of making them be in advertising, like, <laughs> because you don't have to advertise for anything. It just, but it changes things because money stops being the ultimate output. Everybody's happiness and ability to survive and have their needs met Fair isn't equal. Fair is what everybody needs. But covering everybody's needs is paramount. But it's I, I really think socialism is about equitable, equitable value of labor. Mm. And what we've done now is we say, I went to college and I am smarter so I can sit behind a desk. And, you know, if you don't want to study, the world needs ditch diggers too. But <laughs> instead of saying that, it's saying everyone is valuable. People are valuable. What they do, what they create, how they add has value. Mm -hmm. So I'm a socialist. But if I, it's one of those things where women could be married and they could be the best mom and they could never work and they could raise their children the best way and they mm. could have integrity and discipline and all that. And it, that would be amazing. But they never get social security. Right. So their I, job mm. has no value and it fucking sucks that women who have created this life are now like taxed on it or whatever. So you've created a life and brought it into the world and they're not even allowed to foster and, and forward that life in a way that would be great because it's not monetarily valuable, mm. which is insane to me because I feel like that is real labor. Mm. Taking care of a family, feeding a family, that's real. And there's no paycheck there. Mm. And therefore, there's no quote-unquote worth there. Mm. Which is why artists get a bum rap here. Because if you're not Kanye West and you're not making huge art for everybody, is your art not valued? Mm. I guess it's only because your, your reach hasn't gotten to as many people. But... Yeah, that's it's interesting notion, you know. I, I I am a capitalist. So that so this is I'm glad we get I think that's why our our, our conversations are so interesting cuz we we're, we're kind of on polar opposites in a way. I am a capitalist, but only because I don't want the government telling me anything that I I I, I want that I don't want the government involved in my life basically. Yeah. You know, and socialism like who's going to dictate all that stuff? The government has to. And I believe that absolute power corrupts absolutely, sure. you know. And so the only socialist country that actually was implementing it in a way that made sense and um, it, the people were 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 just like you said, every, everyone France, was valued. France is doing pretty well. Uh, they're and not they're purely socialist. socialist, but Sweden Sweden's doing pretty well, and they're socialist. Okay, 
but it's yeah. because their tax structure they they but tax they're, they're, and they're, they're part of the the European uh, Union as well yeah, so yeah. that kind of helps them but I mean just like complete independent was sure. um, uh, Libya actually really Libya was a complete socialist with Mu- Gaddafi Muammar Gaddafi was doing some awesome stuff <laughs> they had their own currency they had their own oil they didn't need they didn't need the rest of the world for anything sure um, and everyone was being taken care of Gaddafi lived in a tent he didn't. He wasn't like you know the other social uh, dictators where sure. he lives in some big castle. He lived in a tent, That's and he made sure the rest of his people lived in like great plush homes, you know. And everyone got paid uh, a pretty good amount uh, equally. That's great. Um, and then he he opened the door to talk with uh, with the United Nations, and then Barack Obama and Hillary came in and killed him. So Aww. so sad. So that was one of the reasons why I was like, I'm not, I don't like Hillary. That that was the reason I didn't like Hillary. Because if you look at one of her interviews, she says about about another human being. I don't care who the human being is. If you think Gaddafi was a great, uh, terrible guy, if you look, at, the Bible says, look at his works. You know, if right. you look at his works, he maybe when the revolution first happened, he, maybe he had to kill some of his own people. Yeah, that's how revolutions happen. Sure. America killed a bunch of our own people in yeah. two wars, in American world and civil war. You know what I'm saying? So that was their own thing going on. It's not up to America to come in and say, oh, this is how you're supposed to do a civil war because we did our civil war like this. You know, right. like people are dying regardless. And so they use that as a scapegoat to go in and say Gaddafi's a terrible person. But he was doing some really awesome things for his people, like for uh, socialism. And Hillary uh, was in an interview and she said, we came, we saw, he died. And I was like, when I heard that, I was just like, wow. That's like heartless. This person is evil. Like, you you can't say that about another person. At least Barack Obama, when uh, bin Laden passed away, they said, well, we gave him a good proper burial out to see like the islamics uh the, the muslims wanted us to do wow. he didn't go out and say we came we saw he died and just la- and then laughed after she said that wow. and i was just like wow that's so heartless and he was the and as a black man he was the only that was the only african nation that was completely independent and had absolutely no debt Wow! No debt on the books. Oh, I love I love no debt. I'm I'm lucky enough to have no debt, and that oh, is awesome. Praise God! Yeah, that is a that is an Amer- we are taught as Americans that a good American has debt. <laughs> that you're a better American if you have a job and overextend yourself and buy a house and buy more than buy more than you can afford because that then it can help grow and but debt is a way of life and we're encouraged to incur debt and. That. It, it's absolutely true. Get a credit card. It's yeah. credit card everywhere. People say, and then we're just, and then the other thing is, don't worry, just, you know, bankruptcy if everything falls apart. <laughs> but see, I enjoy living within my means. I never, I, I haven't had a credit card in years. And even if I do have an emergency, I have some cash squirreled away for, you know, if my cat needs to go to the vet, you know, I can deal with that. Or if yeah. something catastrophic, I mean, that's why people say we should get a credit card because if something catastrophic happens what are you going to do and i'm like i pay for it i mm. i just don't like living beyond my means yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i just I don't you. think it's a good idea and yeah a lot of my clients i have to teach them about the credit system because yeah we're not we're not necessarily taught what's going on Warhol? we're not necessarily taught um you know how to uh how to have good credit and right how to um and that's that's one of the the classes that sh- i think should be in school you Absolutely. Know, accounting, how to manage your money, how, how to, to well, you don't balance have to a check. Right, balance. We don't have to do it manual anymore because yeah. the, the computers kind of do it for us. But absolutely. Um, 
I used to, when I taught in the early 2000s before everyone had a cell phone and before like, but I would have a classroom economy that they'd earn points and the points would turn into money. And then every day they'd put the money into their checking account and they'd keep a balance and they could write checks if they were on a certain level to get certain privileges. Mm. So if they didn't, if they wanted to like opt out of a quiz, they could pay me a hundred bucks and they could write me a hundred dollar check from their school account, Mm -hmm. but they'd have to earn that. So it was like 10 cents a point basically. Mm. So if they have a thousand points in their account and they have earned a hundred dollars, they could not take a quiz. They just got an A. But, really? but it's because their behavior was an A. And so it was like, hey, yeah, sit out of this test and do whatever you want. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's creating a false economy based on behavior, but it was yeah. great. I mean, because how else am I supposed to control these kids? Yeah, that's how. I, that's, that's kind of how I taught math. I taught math in, uh, a couple years ago that way, where it's like we had money and, you know, you can – purchase certain things erasers pencils sure 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 uh i forget what the system was oh i divided it up as uh some people are business owners some people are employees some people are investors some people are self-employed wow (laughs) and they have to pay their quarterly taxes oh my god it's so important (laughs) it's so important if for uh, no it really is important for children for anyone to understand what a 1099 is this year at taxes i've been talking to a lot of different people and they're like I didn't even. I I have friends who are six to ten thousand dollars in debt because they did ten ninety nines and they didn't save enough money and they didn't pay it quarterly. And so all of a sudden the year tax bill comes up and they go, "How do I owe six thousand dollars?" And I'm like, "Well, you that's thirty percent. You made you in your ten ninety nines. You made like forty two thousand dollars. Yes." you owe $6,000 this year because, but they didn't, they didn't, they should pay it quarterly a little bits at a time. So at the end of the year, it doesn't disappear because if you have all 1099s and you're an independent contractor, when you put those in, the government wants their money and they deserve their money. Right. But if you haven't saved it, then what do you do? And then they have to like garnish your wages or, so I've had friends that are six to $10,000 in debt yes. because of one year of taxes. And so they're, I guess they're doing their own taxes, I guess, huh? Cause well, when you have a 1099, you usually do. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah. 1099 people get screwed unless they know what they're doing. Yeah. I have a buddy who worked as a veterinarian, 1099s, and she had no idea. And she, she was like, oh, this is great. I made $225,000 this year, but she forgot to save her quarterly taxes and her tax bill was like 50 grand. Mm, interesting. Yeah, one of my one of my mentors was talking about that like just put 30% of whatever you make away just, Absolutely. just for taxes. Um however um yeah, cuz if you make a certain amount, yeah, it can get crazy. It can get crazy. Yeah, I wish um yeah, I wish I knew your your friends. I would I would teach them how to <laughs> write off pretty much anything. Right. So yeah, I've been on 1099 for like 7 years now and I've I've always gotten a return because i keep my receipts sure right because like even you know travel expenses here right absolutely i i'll i'll write that off for my taxes sure you know so i write off almost up to about four to five thousand sure year just on miscellaneous yeah buying having your having your cell phone that's part of your business having your computer box having your internet having your all that stuff yeah but then you do have to get like a fictitious business name Right, I yeah, it's what's well, the same thing I'm doing here with yeah. Mutiny Radio. Okay, you have a, a, p- a fictitious business name. Well, yeah, you get a business license, and when you get that, you have to apply. It's a five-year thing, yeah. and then, 
But for me, I do a Schedule C because I'm a sole proprietorship. Yep. I should make it an LLC to remove the liability from me, but I just mm. don't really have the skills to do that right now. So I just okay. do it as a sole proprietorship, and it was um, no problem. I yeah, paid. the route you want to go is S-Corp. So we'll talk another we'll time. We'll talk another and time. Yeah, the... I'll, let, I'll have my lawyer call you or something like that. Oh, wow. Can, um... Yeah, tax attorneys. Let's, uh, so we're like way over no we're that, fine we've we're got good? we have technically we have 12 minutes left before oh, okay. uh the thing what do you want to play because we started at two um yeah sometimes we do an hour you're so interesting we can so do we, two hours all right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> great so um Mindset. if there are people on who uh maybe didn't go to my website last time and i was talking about uh one of my songs uh from my album in the event that i perish which was also the name of my book that i wrote that was started out as a suicide note and became um, a book called In the Event That I Perish. Is it on Kindle or is it hardcover? Uh, so right now it's still in um, it's in manuscript form. Oh, great. So you can uh, you can w- read it for free on my website. Oh, wow. OK. Um, I will. I'll put it out on Amazon at some point. But um, right now, I'm just letting people read it for free. That's great. You see, the very law that gives us success is a two-edged sword. We must control our thinking. (laughs) When I was younger, I used to dream about what it would be like to be on the TV screen now. Now I'm looking at me. It's a good song, one of my favorite songs in the world. Now I'm looking at me. I used to dream about what it would be like Everything to be we've been talking on the TV screen. Now I'm looking younger, at me. I wish me. I was on the TV screen, and now we now have I'm the looking at where me. It looks, seems as if I am on the screen. Now I'm looking yeah. at me. Selfies on the IG. Yeah. Yeah. Eyes are windows to the soul, so tell me what you're looking at. Waiting on her high speed. Buffering speaks louder than the pixels posted on the FB. Last night, she posted all her war hauls. Only her face was posted on her whole wall. Narcissism is strained like an insta filter. Loving what's in the mirror. So every time you pass a wall with the mirror or a window, you gotta look. Your reflection ain't perfection. That's why you photoshopped. No one ever gets that joke. Uh, so, like Jason Collins, nobody wants to be behind you when you post it. So it's a double entendre, right? Of uh, posting stuff, but then also posting up in uh, basketball. basketball. And Jason Collins was the first uh, gay uh, basketball player that came out. So no one wants to be behind him when he's posting. That's that's funny. <laughs> Staring at a screen, the TV is doing most of my comprehending. It gets addicting. One hour on the FB turns into a three, then turns into a hundred tweets. It's easier than ever before to make a video, then post on YouTube when you're bored. Selfie horse waiting all day for a like on a post. Why you baby in the corner crying for? Mama and her papa. The problem is that having babies when you're young has become the norm. Get knocked up just to be on team mom. <laughs> 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 
That song is about everything we just got done talking about. So look me up on YouTube, Juwan Rubin, in the event that I perish, eat people. Uh, also, you can go to my website, JuwanRubin.com, and uh, listen to all the tracks there as well for free. Or you That can, is uh, such a good song. Thank you. If you want to support is so it good. on iTunes. That is, it is so good. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Is this, we'll, just, we'll just leave it up. This is you again, right? Oh, yeah. We'll just, yeah, we'll just have it in the background. Um, yeah, so uh, for Your everyone, um, yeah. Smooth R&B. May, <laughs> May 22nd, 8, 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. I'll be at the punchline. Uh, come on out. Uh, enjoy some funnies. Um, if you want some, if you want tickets, all you got to do is uh, text me directly or call me, 510-512-4301. Uh, leave me a voicemail if my phone isn't on because currently my phone just died. Um, or you can email me at uh, juan.bss at gmail.com. That's J-A-W-A-A-N dot B-S-S at gmail.com. Or you can go to my website, juanrubin.com. Uh, click on uh, Join the Empire. And then all you got to do is send me an email and I'll uh, set up your tickets. I might even be able to get you free tickets um, if you uh, uh, join a contest. In fact, do you want me to uh, do a contest for Mutiny Radio at, at all? And I can give out some free sure, tickets? Sure, yeah. I don't know. What, what can we do? Like the first person who, you know, uh, comes to a comedy show here? Or, uh, yeah. Well, um, I have. That's on the. I should. Uh, I should book you on uh, uh, one of these. Let's let's see if we can do this super quickly. I'll look up a show and we'll see if we can add you to it so that you can give away your own tickets on stage. Well, and you could, there's a, there's a couple different opportunities. I don't know if you get over this way. Um, on Mondays, you could be a special guest on Joke Workshop and just give people comments and, and helpful hints. Uh, but you want, you want real people. You don't want comics to, to come. Let's look at, uh, here we go. So I have, uh, even as soon as this uh, this Friday the 11th, I could give you a set and you could give away your own uh, tickets if you wanted to. This Friday, that show has Casey Scannell, Tony Sparks. Yes, Tony Sparks! Clay Newman, uh, Max Moachanine, uh Chris Knatzer, and James Mara. And I could easily add you to that show if you what wanted. Does it start? Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock on Friday. You let me know. But if we add you to a show before the 22nd, then we can give away tickets during the show to people who are in the audience. Mm. You think um, about it. Think about it. mm, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I should be done. I can probably get out here by nine. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, put me me on a... Sweet. I'll be here at nine. Great. Awesome. Perfect. Wonderful. Wonderment, joy, beauty. Uh, I will add you to that show right now. It's a really great lineup, too. Um, Some of my favorite people, uh, specifically Tony Sparks. I love him forever. And also remember uh, May 27th, uh, we'll be at the uh, Historical Park in San Jose. Uh, we'll, we'll start around, I think, 3 p.m. So come on out, listen to some good reggae music. We also have some R&B tracks we're going to be playing. Um, yeah, so it should be fun. Um, again, you can always hit me up on Facebook, JuwanRuby.com, um, uh, any, anywhere. It's anywhere that you anywhere. Uh, Watch you him wanna... on Facebook Live. All yeah, watch stuff. Facebook Live, yep. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. You are an extraordinary human being. Thank and, you. And... Uh, and that's wonderful because I don't think that there's uh, a lot of people left that really 
you're working so hard and yeah. you're not and you're being really humble about it. I think like, one of my that's theory, crazy. One of my theories is is that the marijuana is way too strong in the Bay Area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, uh, coming up next we have the Sparkast, which is. Uh, we're going to talk to some comedians about weed and about Spark. Usually, uh, I record it live at Spark. We did it last night at 8 o'clock, but something happened with my recording device, and so it did not record. So we're, we're going to do the SparkCast live today, live. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We have uh, Warhol Kaufman and Alyssa Westerland here for that. But right now, I want to thank Juwan Rubin for being an extraordinary individual and I for had coming fun. and giving us your time. And... Uh, Good luck with giving all the kids the time and yeah. the volunteering and the helping with teaching them how to speak to one another. <laughs> Especially uh, the Chinese, the so it's, it's really difficult for them. They have a different culture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they respect their elders. Yay. Yeah, they do for the most part. Good for them. Uh, thanks so much for being on Some Call Me Tim. We'll be here next week. Bye. Nice. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. 
And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I used to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Barn Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen specials. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout, drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. 
yeah, it goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches hitting switches going back to riches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com So you want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8, on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. 
after work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. All aboard, all aboard. It's gonna train, it's gonna train. All aboard, all aboard. I love my knees in the morning. I love my greens at night And if you love your greens just like I do It's gon' train and take you for a ride It's gon' train Purple power going green Got water lines connected to a mountain spring River stream, out natural Brothers pay me to tell them how to flip a house See, I'm breaking them down Ounces and pounds That's what's up when I come to your town Dipping through traffic as I smoke my L's Everything I'm off is wholesale for real Got them mamas, got them clones Everything grown at home is not homegrown Got them zoning out light and dimes Me, I'm blowing out right and rhymes Hydroponic, call it Doty I'm at the San Fran Philharmonic Pushing OZs, cushions, OG, purpose, GDP Who that spitter is, that's BJG Skunk train, skunk train All the 